And he said, you can do all the right things and sometimes it still doesn't work. And man, did that hit true for me at that particular time um, when we were trying to decide is the construction on South Jefferson and Brick gonna are we gonna shut it down are we gonna let it keep going providing inspiration and community for women in business of Middle Tennessee this is powered by her with Tiffany Welcome back to Powered by Her. I am Tiffany Anton and I have my good friend Kelly Sullivan in today it's, we just looked back, your first episode where we talked about kind of your, I think we talked a lot more about your um, Mary Kay life and business. And we probably talked some about the banking. I haven't listened to it in a few years, but yeah. it aired September 28th, uh, 2019. So you should- Long time ago. Long time ago. Um, there's probably a lot of updates um, and we'll talk about those as we get into things. But yeah. um, Kelly Sullivan, you are currently, as we're recording this, the capital navigator at the Biz Foundry. So we, after all these years of of kind of being in the same circle, we're finally we're co-workers yes. and working together. Um, and as this goes to air, you should be <laughs> the director of the Small Business Development Center. Yes. So that's kind of a transition and we have no idea what that's going to be. And hopefully we'll still be able to be working together, but we're, we're going to see how that goes. So Exciting times, exciting times. For sure. Um, I want to take a second to thank our partner, Plenty Downtown Bookshop. A reminder that reading is the key to battling depression, to relaxing and getting a good night's sleep, to getting ahead in your business or life. Reading is key to learning to focus for those of us with ADHD or racing minds. And you know where you can find a book friend ready to help you pick up a reading habit? At our bookshop called Plenty, Cookville's Downtown on Broad Street. Plenty is a name because it's about creating a life of abundance, the kind of life that often begins with reflection and quiet in the pages of a good book. Find yours today at Plenty Bookshop. Do you ever go? Are you a bookshop? We actually, so our family just went downtown on Saturday um, and Plenty was our destination. Yeah. Um, it was the first time we had been in since they made the move and we absolutely loved it. It was packed on yeah. Saturday. There was people everywhere. It is just such a cute um, shop. I always feel like I'm in like Beauty and the Beast yeah. with the, the staircase or the ladder thing there. And yeah. They're just such a good um, supporter. And we're actually doing a book club next month. So yeah. that's exciting. We had Sherry Deutschman on last week on the podcast and we're doing a book club event with her. And so I'm just excited about the the growth of Powered by Her, which we're going to get into next episode yeah. with you. We're going <laughs> to talk lots about, you know, kind of all your support. But today we're kind of, we're in the space of talking about you as a capital navigator. So you've been in the banking industry for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. So 14. 14 years. 14 lending. Mm-hmm. And when, which is so crazy sometimes. I don't know if you ever think, like, look at my journey, but like, yeah. I look at your journey. And when I met you, you were a stay-at-home mom, which I was a stay-at-home mom as well. And well, you were doing Mary Kay kind yeah. of up, yeah. up it. And, a work-from-home mom. Uh, work-from-home yeah. mom. Um, quickly, I felt like quickly after that, you started working at the bank. And do you feel like you've always just been drawn to like the financials for businesses? Um, No. So <laughs> growing up here in Cookville, um, I graduated from tech with an agriculture degree, of all things. Um, and Because you were like that outdoorsy, like yes, horsey. Yes, I've grown up in the equine industry, um, went out for an internship in Colorado, just um, in the agriculture 
agriculture outside Dorsey type. So did I ever think, oh, I'm going to be in finance and be a banker? Absolutely not. Or the dress pants. Or and- the, yeah. You know, the, I always thought I'd be in my boots and jeans. Um, yeah. But I had a fantastic advisor at Tennessee Tech and um, he connected me with Farm Credit and that started my lending career. Um, so I serviced the Upper Cumberland area, Crossville and Overton and Pickett, Fentress, White, all of them, um, and just learn to lend money on consumer, residential, um, on agriculture, and um, just a, my history. When I did, when you met me, I had decided to leave. I had my second child, and I was staying at home working my Mary Kay business. I've been in direct sales for 14 years as well. And what I realized in that time period is I am not a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids bring me joy, but staying at home all the time does not bring me joy. Which I think is, I mean, we could go into a whole deep dive on that. But yeah. that's, you know, it's like, well, wait a second, your mom, you and you don't love being at home. Right. And it's like, well, I'm not the best version of me. I'm not. I am. And I think my husband and my kids would both tell you that. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I am busy. Um, productive chaos is where I thrive. Um, and so when I was approached about coming to a local community bank, I went into that and realized quickly that even though lending is what I had done for um, eight years, that Um, the banking world and working with deposits and the education side of banking is what I really loved. Well, and I think, so at one point we, we went to create a Powered by Her account and you were like, do you have this? Do you have that? You just were so good about explaining all the the paperwork needed. And, and, you know, I work in this industry, so I have a clue about businesses and what you need and what an EIN number is that's so overwhelming to so many people. It is. So the it, banking financial in general is scary. Numbers. If, I mean, I was num- a math yeah. teacher too. So, <laughs> But if you're in the mid, I mean, if you don't deal with it every day, if you don't work in that, in this realm, then it is scary. You yeah. don't know what you need, what you don't need. Um, if you know, if you're an LLC, what's an operating agreement and where do you get that? And so having a good banker, um, or capital navigator that can describe all of that to you where it's not scary and it's just a step-by-step process that you have to follow in order to get what you want. Um, man, is that not, I mean, that's just what you need as a business owner. Well, and what made you choose when you got into that branch manager position, what made you choose to be an advocate for small businesses and sit down? Because I mean, I'm sure that there are counterparts and we're not naming names, not throwing anybody in the bus, but you go to sign up for a business bank account and they're like, well, do you have all the stuff? Oh no. Okay. Bye. And they don't want to sit down with you and explain what does this mean or how does this, you know, how does this work? They, you don't have your stuff together. Yeah. Goodbye. They kick you out the door. I guess the easiest way for me to describe that is I've always had, and I get this from my dad and it just hit me, occurred to me too. Maybe one of the reasons why I love small business is because my dad had a small business while I was growing up. Mm -hmm. So for those that have been in Cookville for a long time, my dad owned Odell out. Odell's Outdoorsman on Willow, where the Grandma's Pancake House is now. Oh. So I grew up in an outdoor wait, store. Wait, wait. I always thought that was a Mexican restaurant. The, the Grandma's Pancake? Yeah, it, it, looks, it like, looks like it. But yeah. it's they serve breakfast. But, no, but, no, no. I know it's not now, uh, but I thought that's what it used to be is because it, no, so it's prior, set up like a Mexican restaurant. I don't know what it was before the pancake. So I don't remember when my dad closed it down, but I remember growing up, Willow was nothing but trees behind the store. We had an archery turn or an archery 
whatever you call it lane or whatever lane yeah. there um out you would find me like in the minnow like not minnow pond holding tanks I would like play in those like oh my gosh so I grew up in a small business yeah um and so I think that's kind of where the love spurred and then growing up in the equine industry in the agriculture world that's a small business in itself I helped teach um, lessons and horse camps for years and years and years so that's a whole business well and that's probably you know so often you find people that are like I don't necessarily feel like they know they're running a business. Right. So I'm sure in, in the equine world, you have somebody who's like, well, I'm just, I'm a farmer. I'm a rancher. I'm a, right. uh, yeah, we give lessons, but like, that's not really a business. I'm just yeah. doing what I love to do. Yeah. And it's like, no, but you are. But like, you are. You, you are full on entrepreneur. Yeah. And yeah. this is, this is the, your sole income for your house. Right. And yes, you have, you might have farmland. So that might be another t- job mm-hmm. that you are as a farmer, but you are an entrepreneur. And I think sometimes it get, it gets overwhelming and intimidating to have that kind of elevated business yeah. thought. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And so I think it's been nice to have you, again, be like, make things less scary. But the, the education piece of it, or for me, that's that's my joy in everything that I do in the banking world. And really, since I've been in this role as capital navigator at the Biz Foundry, it's um, seeing that light bulb moment of when you describe something or you help um, break it, break the numbers down because numbers don't lie. Yeah. Whether And a lot of times we don't look at our numbers because we don't want to see the truth. Been there, done that on mm-hmm. my own business. Um, me and my husband also own All Good Nutrition. So I have that background as well. Direct sales, an actual retail shop. Um, I feel like I can take those experiences and help demonstrate to other business owners, especially ones that are up and coming um, or even thinking about business, helping them see all of um, what could happen, what can't, you know, all the what ifs. Well, and one thing I, I think that is, and, and the Biz Foundry is very big into this, is that when you want help from about your business, going to somebody who's had a business, who understands what it's like, you know, you at one point when you decided to leave the bank, mm-hmm. um, you, I had said, people probably think that you're killing it. And that's why you're leaving the bank. Yeah. And you were like, well, we've invested too much money into things. And I need, you know, I have to go and try and fix this. Yeah. Stop the bleeding, basically. Right. And um, that's a hard thing to do sometimes. And you it ended is. up closing down one of your shops. And you can come from a place of compassion where people, they don't want to look at the numbers because the numbers are too scary, but you're like, I've done it. I've been there. I've, you know, and so I think that gives you kind of a leg up. Have you experienced that when you're working with these business owners? Yeah, I think so. Just because I can help them see things and hopefully they won't do the same things that I did. You know, even though with my knowledge, um, when I first started working for the Biz Foundry, Jeff Brown, the president of the Biz Foundry, made a comment and he said, you can do all the right things and sometimes it still doesn't work. And man, did that hit true for me at that particular time um, when we were trying to decide, is the construction on South Jefferson and Brick going to, are we going to shut it down? Are we going to let it keep going? Um, And at that point it was bleeding. So um, being able to use that experience, I think has been able to deepen the conversations with our entrepreneurs so that, you know, I can help them see those scenarios that, Hey, what, what if this happens? So this position that you've started, the capital navigator position, you and Jeff. Um, yeah. 
it, it's a new position that we created. What do you think the va- the greatest value of having a position like this? That you're not a banker, but you have mm-hmm. that knowledge. You're not just a business coach, but you have business coach knowledge. You're kind of this gap between you can be almost like a financial counselor and sit down and go through that. How do, how valuable do you think this position has been? I mean, it's just been a couple of months that you've been yeah. with the Biz Foundry, but um, I think financials are are probably the scariest thing yeah. for anybody starting a business. So far, the and I think the most beneficial part of it is that, again, financing is scary. Funding is mm-hmm. scary and you don't know where to start. So far, most have no idea where to start. I would highly encourage anyone that is even thinking about starting a business. If you don't have a banker that you call by name, can pick up the phone and they know who you are to go ahead and start that relationship. And especially, let's just say, especially, I mean, we have people from all over that listen, but in the Upper Cumberland, there are yeah. what thirty-five banks, banks if not more, credit so, unions you know, included. Yeah, and there are you know, I I almost go to the point where I'm like, okay, if I were gonna need a banker, I have so many relationships with right. people who are bankers. I'm like, who, who would I choose? Yeah, <laughs> who? I mean, it was you for so long, and you're not at the bank anymore, so it's like, okay, who would I go to if I need to? Because, yeah. but but I do have people that I know personally, and that's and they take care of you. Yeah, I yeah. mean, when I needed a car loan. I had not been working full time for long, very long to be approved for a car loan. And they're like, well, that's why you use local banks yeah. that you have that relationship with. And we know who you are and we know what's going on. Yeah. And, and I think that's a really good point, um, which is a part of my position is that there are 35 banks in town. And where do you go to get financing? Mm-hmm. Part of my position is knowing where to send everyone, you know, which bank, you know, each bank has a niche of what they like and what they don't like, what they'll loan on and what they won't. And so far I've uncovered some of those areas of, okay, they might do a new business, but they need collateral or this bank might do this. And so part of my job is to make sure that if an entrepreneur comes in and has an idea, we look and at their financial position and see, do we have collateral or equity in anything? And what lender would be the best fit? And it's not just if they could make the loan, but personalities when it comes to banking matter too. Mm-hmm. So this banker might, I, I can already say, okay, these two are going to click and that's going to be a great connection. And we've already in what, eight weeks, we've already got businesses that have closed loans because of those connections, mm-hmm. which is really cool. It's yeah. just a connection position. Yeah. Well, and I think that you're really good at kind of sitting back and reading people and kind of getting a, a read on personalities and kind of seeing the good fit. Human nature is important. Oh, and people want to look look aside of that of like, well, let's just look at the, the piece of paper. And it's like, well, that's not what yeah. business is about sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like looking into what people are. Yeah. So I have had this idea for a business forever. Um, have I told you about the gosh, yarn it? No, you have. Oh my not. gosh. I was going to, um, I want to have like, kind of like an art, you know, like the art jam where uh-huh. they teach art, you know, to yeah. people who don't know. Um, I want to have like a yarn kind of knitting crochet mm. kind of thing. Um, gosh, yarn it and sell like good, nice yarn, all that kind of stuff. But, um, the financial aspect, I couldn't do it. I, as a single yeah. mom, I don't believe in myself and maybe it's, I don't believe in myself enough that I would ever risk anything. Yeah. So how do you deal with people where like that's their, I I would imagine that's probably one of the most debilitating things is the financial aspect of like, okay, I want to take out the space, but I need to renovate it. And it's like, well that, but I'm somebody that debt scares the 
crap out of yeah. me. Which is a good thing. Yeah. So <laughs> I would not like, I don't know that I could ever buy a house, even if it's like, I, I mean, I can kind of, I can understand in my mind, but yeah. I would never buy a house that's underpriced, but I have then I would have extra money to like renovate something that just right. seems like, yeah, just wrap it up. I want one price. Like, but that shows that, you know, you, yeah. like, you know, you in and out. And that's one of the key things I think in entrepreneurship is you do have to know you. And sometimes it takes someone else pointing that out for you to actually grasp it. Yeah. So working through the numbers, one of the things we do is working through projections of the next 12 to 36 months and what that may look like. And even in the short time, you know, you'll work through the, again, numbers don't lie. And when they tell you what they think they're going to sell and then they see the bottom dollar is not what they thought it was going to be when you take out insurance and phone and your rent and da 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 da. And then it's like, oh, you know, yeah. that you have to make sure that it makes sense. Everybody has the million dollar idea. Right. When you're starting your baby, most people refer to, you know, a business as it's like having a third, fourth, fifth, whatever baby. Mm-hmm. And you're so in it. So, you know, it's kind of like when you see pictures, baby pictures of your kids now, yeah. you thought they were the prettiest kids ever. And you're like, no, these kids are ugly. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, my little Mia had some big ears. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, but I just, it's, you know, so people are like, well, of course I'm going to sell 5,000 units the first, yeah. you know, time, first month I'm out there. And so how do you kind of like deal with that emotional aspect, especially, you know, when people are, so, they're putting their blood, sweat and tears into this they and they love what they're doing. Okay. So this is powered by her. So we're going to talk for a second about the difference between a man and a woman. Yeah. So the men take the emotion out of it completely. And it's strictly more on the number side of it. And they're not all men, most men. Um, and so really when it comes to the financials, you really do have to remove the emotion. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I do tell them, all right, let's take this out. And let's say that you were coaching someone else. How many do you think you're going to, you know, you're you're not going to sell four wigs a day. Yeah. You might sell one every couple of days. You know, you got to be realistic about it. And when you're looking at the numbers, too, you want to look at worst case scenario, not best case scenario. Mm -hmm. If we plan to sell one, but we do sell four, that's fantastic. Right. But if we plan to sell four and we don't sell any that's an issue. Mm -hmm. So women do bring the emotional side into it, which typically makes us more successful because of the passion that we have. Does it, do you think that women are more reserved in their predictions or, you know, projections? Oh no. Mm -mm. Cause they're, they're more married into it. Yeah. Depends on the woman. Um, And typically within the first five minutes, I can tell whether they're going to exaggerate or they're going to cut themselves short. Yeah. So. You're right. It just is personality type. It is. Um, but having somebody that's knowledgeable, but not so into it that they're so passionate about yeah. what you're doing is so valuable. That feedback of just, you know, okay, does this, does this make sense? Does it, I, I don't even understand what this concept is like, and you don't, you're not always everybody's potential customer, but you have that business knowledge that people yeah. can come to you and ask. And that's, that's a really good point too. whether you're in pre-venture before you open your business or you've been in business, having someone else look at your financials, your projections, your, even your sales for the month is crucial just because it is your business. You're passionate about Mm -hmm. it. And sometimes there's blinders there that will allow others to see gaps and holes that just need to be filled to make you more successful. Well, and I think even when it comes to 
like financials is really important. But even when it comes to just the marketing aspects of things, I think you're like, well, yeah, duh, this is a medical device that helps with your knee replacement, whatever. Um, Well, somebody else is like, well, I don't understand what this does. Like, okay, well, I have to, you know, make my tagline better or explain it better or just, you know, I think sometimes we feel like, well, duh, I'm in this industry and I understand what it means. And it's like, I mean, (laughs) I, I had... I think a really good example of this, you actually called me out on it at our nutrition club. And I was all upset about something that another one was doing. Da, 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 da. And you said, well, isn't that a lot like the toppings that you put on? And I was like, <laughs> oh, dang it. Like, <laughs> so yeah. just having someone else's point of view when you're so focused, you know, that's that's what the core, you know, having a group of support around you is so important. Well, and we're going to talk more about that in the next episode, but I do think like just ch- choosing the right people too, because oh, I think absolutely. so often, you know, uh, I, it's probably been so long since you started even in Mary Kay or direct sales that it might be hard for you to kind of remember. But, you know, when you were talking to women who enjoy makeup or who are in the beauty industry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary Kay, I, everybody knows. If you're talking to your husband, he's like, what? What's Mary Kay? Like, I don't, you know, or or what, or your 80 year old grandma. Like, I just think it's important, the people that you want to put in your circle. And so knowing that there are resources in your community that can help with things like this, whether it's the Biz Foundry and a Capital Navigator or, you know, your local banker that works with you hand in hand or or small business development districts, which are all over the country as well. Having those people um, and and understanding that there are resources available is really important. And being brave enough to go see them. A hundred percent. Well, I was just going to go into... A business plan, which I feel like is this one of the scariest, yeah. o- most overwhelming things that people can have. Yeah. So let's like unpack that. W- what's scary about a business plan? What's not scary? You know, does every business need a business plan? Um, I, I do believe that every business needs a business plan. And I read something the other day that a business plan should not be something that you created in the beginning and then forget about. Um, a, a business plan should run you through the next five years. I think why people get um, so scared about it is because they make it too complicated when really a business plan is just what you have, what you're offering, and what your plan is for the future. Like, how is it set up? It's all the things that are already in your head about your business. You just have to put it on paper. How important is it to take that time to sit down and write a business plan instead of just like, okay, well, I'm going to, like, I don't want to spend five hours sitting and working on a document when I could be taking those five hours and making relationships with people I could be selling my product to. Right. Well, that's the five hours that you would spend on that business plan would actually pay you for years to come versus those relationships that you are trying to get might not pay off at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But that business plan and truly wrapping your head around all aspects of your business, setting yourself up for success is the most important thing you can do. Um, it's kind of like setting yourself up for the year. Like if yeah. you just, what's, oh, what's that phrase? If you aim for nothing, you're surely to hit it. Yeah. Right. Same yeah. thing in a business. If you have no idea what you're wanting to accomplish with this business, first off, if a business is to, should be there to fix a problem. 
Like if you're just creating a business just to create a business, that doesn't mean it's going to be successful. Yeah, you should be have some sort of solution that yep. you're putting. I think taking the time to work out a business plan and we start with, we kind of even back up from there is the business model canvas, which is very abstract thinking mm-hmm. of like, okay, who's my customer going to be and who, how am I actually going to make money? Because I think sometimes too, that's an interesting concept for me. Um, I had been working with somebody who wanted to send a, a text message out to remind people to do an activity at a certain time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, how are you making money off this? Like, yeah. I mean, maybe people could pay for the text, you know, yeah. subscription, but they weren't even thinking and they just had a passion for this is what they felt like they needed to do. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you want to run it as a business, then we need to figure out how to make money and who are your actual customers. I think everybody, most often when you're married to an idea, it's like, well, everybody's going to love this. Everybody's my customer. But until you take the time to sit down and like work through a business plan, Mm -hmm. you don't really narrow in on who that customer is and who's actually going to pay money to do what to do it. You're, yeah. you're wanting to do. And most people don't go out starting a business to lose money. Yeah. You know, it's to make money or at least to break even. Well, and I think especially in the women and you've you've worked with a lot of female business owners mm-hmm. or or even side hustlers, I would right. say. And so how often do women, because it's powered by her, um, not worry about the money they're making necessarily. So I think sometimes we, you know, when you're making things, mm-hmm. um, bakers are, are probably really great at this of not, not paying themselves and not, right. and, you know, it's hard to like figure out, okay, well, let's say I want to, um, you know, bake bread. Well, once you figure out supplies and figure out this and figure out how time, do you calculate your time. In right. There. Well, and then yeah. it's like, well, okay, now I'm suddenly selling a $25 loaf of bread. Well, well, that's not Nobody's going to pay for that. So (laughs) I might as well just sell it for cheaper or maybe might as well not sell it, you know, because I think that's the thing is that you have to kind of figure out, do you, do you have to sit down with people and kind of figure out pricing and help them? Yeah, that's, well, that's part of the business plan too. And going back to that question of, I don't want to spend five hours to do a business plan. Let's, I'm just going to be real blunt here. Do it. If you're not willing to spend five hours on a business plan, you don't need a business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're not going to spend the time to plan out and strategize, you don't need a business. Trust me. Business ownership is a roller coaster of emotions from successes to fails to all of it. And you've got to be ready for it. And well, one of the things too, and this just kind of popped up in my mind. Um, I, I, we find a lot of people don't know what like a profit and loss statement is, yeah. or they don't want to even calculate um, what. So we were working with somebody, I'm trying to be more general instead of right. specific, but we were working with somebody that was maybe buying a, a large thing and then cutting it up into smaller gotcha. pieces. Okay. And, and and they couldn't figure out per pound what they were selling or what whatnot. And it's like, well, how do you even know if you're profitable or not, when you're figuring out pricing, it's not necessarily easy. And if it were Mm -hmm. easy, everybody would have their own business and everybody would have their own successful business. I think that's a huge thing. I've, I've written a blog before about like the graveyard of businesses on the downtown Cookville areas that everybody thinks. And I love that about Cookville. I truly, truly love that everybody, the amount of people that I've known that have owned small businesses in this community is crazy to yeah. me. I mean, I feel like everybody's owned poets at one point or another in yeah. this town or, you know, what, like everybody's <laughs> done some sort of small business. Right. And, um, but it's not for everyone. And I think it's, it's, 
you have to take that time to like. And I think too, what you just said, it's not for everyone. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Like I think um, in the, in this world that we live in, that we tend to define who we are, who we be as if we're a success or a failure in a business. And that's absolutely not true. A hundred percent. Like I think we feel, and as a business owner, that's how you feel. You feel who you are. Um, And that's probably one of my biggest ahas of 2023 and all that I've gone through is that whatever you're, whatever you do in your business kind of can describe who you are, but it's not who you be. Yeah. Per se. Yeah. Who, who's inside. Yeah. Um, I think that I've always been when, as I've become more of a leader in work, um, I always try and make everybody else have like leadership opportunities and I always want to hire new people in and they're like a director right away. And it's like, but not everybody wants to be a leader and not every, I mean, and, and there's different types. You don't have to run everything to be a leader. And, and I think for me, I'm like, well, I feel so, I feel much more valuable when I am in a leadership position. Mm -hmm. Not everybody feels that way. And it's okay. And it's like, I, it took me, it's definitely within the past couple of years that it took me like, okay, it's okay to have, I might get canceled, but it's okay to have chiefs and Indians. It's okay to have some that are the, you know, the doers and some that are the leaders. leaders. And I think that just being more accepting of yourself and of others. That could be a totally whole different subject in itself. Leaders, some are born and some are created. Yeah. You know, for sure. Well, and I think it's, well, again, we could go, but I think it's interesting when you have two kids raised in the same household and the same, like, and how different they can be. So um, so tell me, okay, we're going to talk about scary things. So what does a business owner need to know about a profit and loss statement? Is it important to to do monthly? Is it important to do yearly? Is it, don't Um, ever do one. There's different um, thoughts on this um, across the financial world. I am a, um, a, I encourage everyone (laughs) to look at their numbers monthly. Um, Again, I'm going to say it again. The numbers don't lie. And so if you're looking at that monthly. Kind of like your hips too. Kind of like, yeah. Okay. Um, I can't tell you how many people in the banking world, you know, coming in and they're like, well, I need a loan. I'm like, great. What have you done so far this year? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm like, you don't have any idea what your gross numbers are for the year. Nope. And I'm like. I'm like, at least look at your numbers. And I'm not saying you have to do a deep dive. Um, Whether you have a excellent bookkeeper or a CPA that does your numbers each month that just, you know, your QuickBooks, if you've got QuickBooks or that kind of software, you can pull that yourself each month. Um, Just being able to have a general idea, hey, I really lost my tail last month. Or man, I made a killing last month or last month, but this month I know is going to be slower because I'm a seasonal business. Mm -hmm. Being able to look at those trends and know, what's coming or what what's next and that kind of thing. Um, um, knowing your profit and loss numbers, which generally just means a picture in time of what your business looks like, um, is absolutely crucial in my eyes. How do you not get discouraged when you have a month of loss and you're like, okay, well, and a, a follow-up question to that, how do you not get discouraged? And then how, when do you know when it's time to pull the plug? Oh, oh we're going to get deep here. <laughs> Might, this might be a little too personal for Kelly. A little no, too close um, to, to the... For, for those that know, um, me and my husband own Brick Nutrition and All Good Nutrition. Um, we opened All Good in December 1st of 2022. So we just had that one year anniversary. And um, they are tea shops and tea nutrition and Nutrition clubs, yeah. Tea and 
nutrition clubs in the club in in the club um and um, so the, yeah so tea shops that yeah clubs yeah nutrition meal, meal replacement shakes all the things you need yeah um, healthy protein waffles um, protein bowls that kind of thing anyway so um for me personally um, I do look at my numbers each month but and I could tell when I did leave the bank in May to kind of help brick come back up for those that aren't aware or not local um, in front of that location our our brick store TDOT Tennessee Department of Transportation decided to widen the road which is going to be fantastic at the end but it's absolutely hurt every business on that road for the past two years so part of that decision was um, for me we don't have the capital working capital to if it's in the negative for too long to withstand that. So I had to make the decision, you know, do we go ahead and pull the plug? Do we not? Um, we had reached out to TDOT to see how long, how much longer the project was going to last, um, because that would be a huge factor. And then we talked to our landlords about maybe getting a little help. Um, landlord said, no, it's a business. I get it. Doesn't make me feel any better, but it's their business and their choice. So since we weren't going to get any help on um, the lease payments while the construction was still going, and that project is not set to be finished till spring to summer of 2025, yeah. I know that personally our business couldn't withstand that long. Um, and now, since we did make that decision to close from the two locations, our original location, and we're focused solely on all good, like the... All good has now those numbers have increased. And so we knew that that was the correct decision to make. Well, so um, there was this thing going around for a while. Girl math. Um, there's yeah. there's a part of me that feels like in some situations, girl math is, you know, you spent this money to renovate this building and mm -hmm. finish it out. And so you're like, oh, we've, we have all this money invested into it. And so people sometimes like cannot let go because we've already spent yeah. $10,000, $20,000, whatever it is into, you know, whether it's product, whether it's renovations, whether it's whatever. And so they don't want to walk away from that. But my girl math says it's already gone. That yeah. money's gone. You're <laughs> not, you know, you're trying to kind of recoup it maybe, you're but trying not to lose more. But, but if point. you're at the point where you're just bleeding, um, I think some of that is the time to sit down with somebody else. And even yeah. you as a banker, financial expert, as a business owner in, in direct sales for years, it took you sitting down, I, I with think, Jeff. with yeah. Jeff Brown to really say, okay, here's here's it all. And let me put it out there. And I'm not going to, this is like being with my therapist and I'm mm -hmm. not going to, you know, hide stuff behind. And I'm going to cry. So just know that. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that that's, uh, you know, that is probably your baby. Yeah. Like, your name is on it. Yeah. Brick stands for BJ Riker, Isabel and Kelly. It's our family and our first, honestly. And let's just, let's just be, I'll be open here. I really thought that I would like miss it and I would be super sad for a long time and since we closed the doors like such a relief and freeing and like those tough decisions sometimes are a really good thing well and I think for you guys too I don't I'm not involved in your marriage yeah. personally but uh, you know I think you were spreading yourselves thin yes. you and your husband were at two different 
locations. brick and mortar locations. Yeah. And so now you you were just talking about how you get to go to the location early and then mm-hmm. your husband and sometimes your daughter, sometimes your son come into that other location. So yeah. the four of you are there together for a little while in the morning. Then you go over to your day job at, at the business Whichever foundry or it is. small business <laughs> development. You, you go over to some <laughs> other day job where you, you know, put your fancy clothes on and stuff. But it, it probably has been better for you personally. And I think sometimes we undersell that value. Oh man, the stress, the stress level, you know, I didn't realize the stress level was, and it's always that way, right? We look Mm -hmm. hindsight, 50 hindsight, whatever it is. 2020. 2020. Um, But the stress level is so much less now that we've done that. We just know it was the right decision. Yeah. I think that that's so important. I think, um, we were talking a little bit on the way over here this morning of just even when you take a job, if you're taking a job working for somebody else and you have a certain, uh, you know, the the income's one thing, but the right. perks of it are, right. you know, I often just I, I get overwhelmed with how blessed I have been in my job opportunity to build my career and build this as as something great for me and my family. And it works. I yeah. get to be take my kids to school. I get to come home at night you know, pick them up from school. Often I can schedule things around my schedule. So, mm-hmm. okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I have something going on in an evening, but it's when it, when it works for me and it's not just, okay, I have to get babysitters and stuff. Um, I think kind of finding that life work balance people talk about and, and some people will say there's no balance and I get that, but I think kind of figuring out the right ingredients to make yourself yeah. the most successful is important. Yeah. And I'm always a huge advocate. People can come at, come at me if you want. But um, I think that the female is just so integral in, in to the home and, and with the kids that having a he- healthy, happy mother really changes kind of everything. Yeah. And I know there's research out there. So if they come at me, that's fine. Yeah. But, um, I think it's just, you know, making sure you're making the decisions that are best for you and you right. carry the weight so much with your family of of making sure everybody's taken care of and all that kind of stuff. And but finding the right role. And as a as a business owner, the cool thing, uh, one of the cool things about being a business owner is you get to set your own culture in your own shop um, in your whatever you do. And that's another aspect that sometimes people aren't ready for. If you worked for someone else your whole career and then all of a sudden you go to work for yourself. It's a major shock and finding that balance, whether you work for someone else or working for you. And as an example is you, your, your job, one thing that you love to do is encourage others and Mm -hmm. your role at the Biz Foundry, like that's what you do. Mm -hmm. So you feel fulfilled by doing that. For sure. Um, And as a business owner, me, Let's just, that's you, me uh, as a capital navigator, the education and the coaching that I get from our clients through the capital navigator role fulfills me, but also being in my nutrition club every morning and serving people food, which if you don't know me, I'm like a fantastic cook, but serving (laughs) food and serving um, beverages and drinks, like that's another part of me that is fulfilled so right now, like I'm living my best life. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that that's the thing is kind of making structuring your life. I, I feel like we could probably do a whole another episode on, on just structuring your life the way you want yeah. to structure it and how much more successful. I think in 2024, you're going to find that just everything about you is better because yeah. it's, you're not you know, bogged down with the stress. You're not worried about the finances as much. Your business can thrive because you're not 
you know, looking at two different organizations. And, and I highly, highly, highly encourage everybody to keep finding, keep looking for what's going to give them purpose. Yeah. I I mean, I had a job interview one time and I said, if I wanted to be a garbage man, I would do it with the most passion possible because I'm not doing anything that I'm not passionate about. Yeah. And that's who I am. And so I, it's kind of ingrained in me, but I think that you can also search you know, just because you got a job, you know, you have a degree in accounting doesn't mean you have to be an accountant. Right. If you hate that job and it makes you miserable every day, what are you doing? Yeah. Find something else. Find something else. That's um, back to the yeah. financial aspects of business. So what's the hardest thing when somebody's filling out a business plan? Mm-hmm. What's the hardest thing? What's the thing that people get stuck with the most? Honestly, I think it's just the layout of it that people get stuck on the most. Mm. I don't know that it's necessarily the financials because I help them walk through that piece of it. Um, Sometimes what they get stuck on is their vision. Mm. Like what is their, they have this grand idea, but why do they have that idea? Mm -hmm. Why, why do they want this business? Um, So, so far that's been either just the layout and that they overcomplicate the thinking. It can literally be a one sheet of paper. Or it can be a Canva business plan that you've pulled up and filled in. Yeah, there's twenty pages. Out there. Mm-hmm. Like so, just overcomplicating it, I think, is probably the biggest hurdle that I've seen people. What do you think about the financial aspects of a business? That's like, what do you want to de de demystify? Yeah, it? what do you want to let people know that are running their business that are like I. It, it feels more comfortable for me just to close my eyes because it's so scary. Because it's so scary. The um, well, I guess the demystification is that you need working capital all the time. I feel that's one piece that I've seen that's been missing is that people run maybe day to day, just like people will live paycheck to paycheck. They'll run their business that way as well, instead of having working capital set to the side. The, some of the ahas that I've seen, the light bulbs that have come on when we're working through financial projections and what funding is needed. When we talk about that working capital piece, they're like, oh, I didn't even realize I needed that. Um, and even the entrepreneurs that are currently in business and are needing to scale that think that, hey, I can just use my cash. Most of the time that gets you in trouble. If you're going to to grow and to scale your business, it's going to take funds. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Why? Yeah. Um, and I think that p- businesses can be held back when they don't take oh, that absolutely. step to, to get extra capital. So how do you encourage businesses that are at the scalability and not at the pre-venture phase? Mm-hmm. Again, like taking, think, borrowing uh, money from other people is scary. Right. I, think, I think you start just like you were in pre-venture. Yeah. You start, hey, this is where my business is currently. This is where I want to go. How much capital do I need to get there? Um that's honestly, if I had done a better job at that, so I'm speaking from experience here, if I had done a better job of that and looking at the full picture, maybe I would still have two locations. Um, I know of a couple of other different businesses in town that we've been working with that they decided to grow their business, either um, diversify in products that they're selling or and that they didn't um, secure the financing before and you don't realize how quickly that's going to tap out your working capital that even if you have an access and an account sitting out there it can go very quickly mm-hmm. if you if you're not ready because maybe you scale faster than you were anticipating you know and if you don't have that extra fund sitting there that's just something that someone 
you need someone to help look at all of the look where there's a hole that you might not see. And I think that's someone to look at it that's qualified. Yes. You know, sitting around at your family barbecue with Uncle Bill. Maybe if Uncle Bill has business experience, great. If Uncle Bill has, you know, worked at, you know, as a school bus driver for the past 50 years, maybe he's not, (laughs) maybe not, maybe he's not your best (laughs) option. Um, And I just, I think I, for me, I just really want people to understand that it's not as scary as they think. And that there are resources for people whether you're in our community or not, yeah, there are resources out there that are free or low cost because yeah. um, I guess maybe talk about that a little bit now that you're kind of going over to the dark side to work for the yeah. government. The government. Um, we don't know what that entails yet. <laughs> we don't know. But um, why, why is entrepreneurship so important to the economic value for communities? I mean, I've talked about that a little bit before, but... Well, without economic growth or entrepreneurs opening businesses, you have a stale... You have a stale city. Like, it's it's economy. It's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, You constantly... There's constantly businesses that are closing and there's constantly ones that are opening. And um, that just keeps the economy fresh and moving. Um, And the more businesses and that you have in the area, the more larger businesses that are going to be attracted here too. Well, and I think you're right. I think that that's super important. And then that creates jobs. jobs. It creates, you know, people don't more think about the, revenue, the thing roads, about, yeah. or like just parks and Park, yeah. water parks and all those kind of things that you go into your community. Um, you can have, I mean, I kind of think that sometimes with high schools where people yeah. are like, I don't want my kid to go to this big, huge high school. And it's like, but there's more dollars that come in there. And so there's more opportunities for these kids to have better classes. And yeah. you know, all this, that. this just hit me since I am a business owner, the more small businesses that we have, the more sponsorships we can have for all these sports teams, instead of them asking the same 15 over and over sure. and over Diversify. Again. Yeah, yeah. Where those things that could be a whole different topic of what to spend your money on and who to sponsor. Okay. We might get into that in the next episode. How quickly that can drain you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anything else um, before we wrap up that you want people to make sure that they know financially? I mean, first of all, call Kelly. If you, um, you know, are thinking about starting a business or you're in business and you're feel like you're struggling or are just treading water financially in your business, reach out and get help and know like there's nothing that's. No job's too big, no job's too small. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was like a jingle. I Is think Paw Patrol. I don't know. That's Paw Patrol. Okay, maybe it's Paw Patrol. <laughs> um, anyway, um, you know, I think that this is not... Kelly's seen it all. So it's kind of like when you have to go to the doctor and you're like, I don't want the doctor to, you know, whatever, look at whatever. Um, But you are kind of in that position where you've seen it all. So it's like, you're not going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what a joke. They thought that they could run a business on, you know, because, because everybody can make whatever work. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, there's not a magic formula. It may not be as quick as you want. It may not be exactly what you thought of to begin with, but if you're open and willing to work for it, and maybe that might take two weeks, maybe that might take two years to get your business open. It's not a scary world. If you have a scary banker that you don't like talking to, get a new banker. Mm -hmm. There's nothing, nobody or nobody says that you have to stay at that certain bank yeah, um, or that financial institution. Making the right choices for you personally and for your business is really important. And if you need options, we have some. 
So yeah. we, we have 35 some we have banks. 35 banks in town. We'll find the right fit for you. Any <laughs> other last minute tips, tricks that you want to put out there to the world? No, I'm just, I'm super grateful for this position. Um, and I really just hope anyone that's even thinking about starting a business or currently in business, um, you, there are so many resources in the Upper Cumberland that there there's not other places. We're very blessed here to have um, a support system that wants to see your success, that wants to see you grow, um, that wants to see you stay here. Um, and so if you're feeling like you're alone, you're feeling like you don't know where to start, just reach out and let's get you connected with who you need to be. And I would say that's true across the state. You know, people will say, I know a small business owner in North Carolina. I'm like, well, what's the launch Tennessee of North Carolina? And they're like, they don't have They're that. They're like, huh? Yeah. They, you know, we, Tennessee is a very startup friendly state yeah. and, and having launched Tennessee as almost, I, I explained as a parent company. Yeah. Um, and we have these eight entrepreneur centers that we are connected to. So we can have other resources that if we don't have the right mentor, the right investors, the right yeah. mix of things, we can get you to the right people. Yeah. And so it's been, it's, it's really cool to see what we have going Connections on. Connections are key. For sure. Which I think maybe that's part of next episode yeah. too. So um, thank you for talking to us about all the financial aspects. Um, again, go back and listen to Kelly's preview. Let's compare it. For, oh, you gosh. Know. I mean, yeah. life has changed a lot since a lot. that episode came out for sure. So... If you want to know more about Powered by Hurt, head over to PoweredByHurt.com. Join the community, support the cause, and we'll see you next week.